Why are you here then? And where do you feel that in your body? Life doesn't stop moving. Like, no, no, how do you feel? Am I uncomfortable? Do I feel this is traumatic? What's happening in your body as we speak? Just because that person cheated doesn't make them actually the worst person in a relationship. Will it stop me moving forward? It's, it's not that I'm an asshole and a committophobe, it's that I'm scared. Mm. We're back. Welcome back. I'm just thinking it's episode 50. Yeah. This is a milestone. Episode 50. Oh, yay. Yeah, I'm this so is, honored um, that I get to be a milestone episode. episode. Well, everyone, everyone would ask us for a period of time, like, what's your aim with a podcast? And we're like, we're just trying to get to episode 100 and yeah. just see what happens from there. Yeah, there. So we're halfway there, which is absolutely insane. Exactly. So I'm much has changed. Well, um, welcome back to another episode of Men Know Nothing. I'm Dwayne. I'm Dan. Welcome back to the podcast, giving you the unqualified advice you never never asked for on yes. a regular basis yes and uh today you'll see from the podcast title that we have the lovely rachel Woo. Woo. Hi. Um, <laughs> aka the yogi therapist mm-hmm. here to answer all your therapy-esque questions to put us on the couch and tell us why well, we're completely wrong yes. what's wrong with you yes yeah. Yeah. what is wrong with, like us? with us yeah and i'll send you an invoice <laughs> but um <laughs> Rachel, um, the yogi therapist, is a psychotherapist and counsellor. Correct. Um, so tell us a little bit, just give them a bit of background, where do you study, why you do it, and how long you've been doing it for. Sure. So, like Dwayne said, psychotherapist and counsellor. Um, the first question I always get when I tell people I'm a psychotherapist is, what's a psychotherapist and how is it mm-hmm. different from a psychologist? Mm. I asked that. I did ask that before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's not. But Please yeah. give them an insight. Yeah, yeah, what's yeah. the difference? Oh, my gosh. It's a very nuanced answer, but I'll keep it really brief. Mind so, reading. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. <laughs> Say less. Um, no, so psychotherapy tends to deal a lot more with the unconscious mind. Cool. Um, that is a really broad general overview. Um, but... I mean, if you think more like Freudian sitting on a couch, let's look at um, what happened to you in the past and really unpack it. It tends to go not quite deep. Psychology, especially clinical psychology in the West, tends to stay a little bit more cognitive behavioral. So with your thoughts and with your behaviors and it's... um, you're looking a lot at, at rational behavior. You're looking at what we know, how we can challenge that, how we can change that in our life. But, you know, psychotherapy goes a layer deeper to things that we, we might not even know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I tend to work with people a lot longer because, you know, I'm not going to give you a, a bunch of coping skills and um, a book to read and, and send you off. It's, you know, we spend time getting to know each other and and, yeah. and bring things out and healing in relationships. So that's the first part. Cool. Um so, yeah, my undergrad, I did philosophy and psychology at Sydney. And then I went on to do a master's of counseling and psychotherapy. And now I'm working in private practice. And I love it. I Beautiful. Just love it. Yeah. Well, can you give them your website and also your IG handle where they can sure. find you? Sure. Yeah. Website, theyogitherapist.com.au. Um, and the IG is the yogi therapist underscore. And I'm so mad that I got Someone stuck took with it. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. we'll still come up there. Oh, if you type it in, yeah, sure. No, yeah, we'll, yeah, but, sure. but, but the person who got the full one, she, has, she hasn't posted since like 2015. That always happens when someone has the uh, handle you want. It's someone that doesn't even use their IG. You know, my friends are so good. They're like, let's report her. I'm like, for what? <laughs> yeah, just message her and ask her. I have. Oh, oh, I she, have. And she said no. She's like, no, no. she just she hasn't used the account. Yeah, she hasn't used the account. So if the yogi oh, therapist, is. if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> please. 
Yeah. Ah, well, perfect. Thank you very much for that intro. As usual, please follow us on all our platforms. We've got mm. TikTok, we've got Instagram, mm-hmm. we've got Facebook, mm-hmm. subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube, listen to us on Spotify, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and you can also watch the video version of our podcast on Spotify, which is cool. I've, I've realized that recently, and also only recently, and it's been out for ages, <laughs> which is for a while, which is which is great. Yeah, also, which is great. Now on Spotify podcast episodes, we actually can add polls and questions. I saw that. So please check in to the can episode because we're going to be adding some questions and posing where you can vote and leave your reviews or leave your opinions and whatever we ask that's so, cool so fun yes. I didn't know you could do that I should know that you could do that yeah you I should. should know this they're on your, on your episode yeah well yeah. I, sh- I, sh- I should know this fuck's <laughs> sake one well, job well, okay yeah. so as every episode has begun over the last 10 episodes or more we yeah. read you a scenario sent in from a listener. So Correct. here we go. Okay. Well, we start with a scenario, and basically the point of this is they send something in, and it's like a "What would you do?" Okay. So Dwayne's got one today. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. I've been dating my girlfriend for over a year, and we're not in a committed relationship. We live together in an apartment in New York, and our relationship is fantastic. However, my girlfriend has a guy best friend whom she's known for a very long time. Mm. We all go out together and we get on really well. I should note that the best friend is bisexual and I've been told he leans more towards men than girls. Mm-hmm. The other day, my girlfriend and her friend, the gay one, went out together and I didn't go along. Later on, I find out, not from her, they had kissed in the lips. Mm-hmm. I felt really uncomfortable at the thought of her kissing someone else, especially a guy. But I tried to keep it cool and I asked for more details. It turned out that they had stayed the night together, sharing the same bed. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend slept in her underwear and her friend wore his boxers. I was taken back and I told her that it was a fucked up thing to do and it made me feel uncomfortable. But she thought I was overreacting and said it was just a harmless kiss between friends. I didn't know how to feel about the situation. I loved the girl and trusted her, but I thought, but the thought of her being intimate with someone else, even if it was just a kiss, mm-hmm. made me feel uneasy. Yeah. I tried to be understanding, but I couldn't. What would you do? What would I do? See, the good thing about America is that guns are legal, so you can always, <laughs> you know. Um, interesting one. Interesting one. Mm-hmm. What you would you do? First or no, you, you, no, you, no, you no. We want to hear you. The difficult thing about this situation is that there is no right or wrong thing to do. You know, I think we get really hard and fast about rules. Like, you know, you can't, you know, sit on someone's lap if you're dating or you can't, um, you know, you have to unfollow all your exes or or whatever it is. But the reality is every relationship is going to be self-defined. You know, we get to choose what is okay with us and what isn't. And, um, that's a really beautiful thing, especially about, you know, with 21st century relationships is there's no blueprint and it can make it difficult because there is no blueprint and Mm. we have to figure things out on our own, but it also gives us a certain amount of freedom. Um, And with that freedom comes the necessity or the need for communication and self-awareness around personal boundaries. You know, I know couples where, you know, if, if someone watched porn, that would be considered cheating. But I also know couples that say, you know, sleep with whoever you want. You just have to wear a condom. Mm. And if you don't wear a condom, then that's cheating. That's the, yeah. Mm. And so, you know, it's hard. You know, I, I can't sit here and say, well, she shouldn't have done that or you should be cool with this because... What would you be okay with? Yeah. 
if so, it, so if it was in if yeah, it was yeah, in the yeah, spectrum yeah. of your current relationship, yeah. yeah, what would you be okay yeah. with? Um, the uncut version. Yeah, I'd stab a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's actually the total opposite. And again, this this is about me and my partner and where we're at. Yeah. yeah. Um, we are so solid in our relationship. Okay. Like I know in my bones that he loves me, he adores me, he respects me. And I've just seen that, you know, mm. it's not because he's told me that it's just because I've had two years of watching his behavior. And so I have so much trust that, that, you know, I know that sleeping in someone's bed or even sharing a kiss wouldn't challenge the way that we are in a relationship. It okay. wouldn't challenge his love. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we're quite, we're quite comfortable, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's very little that, that threatens me because, you know, I also think like, I, I want my partner to still be human and mm. to still, to not have to exist in his relationships or through the world as just my boyfriend. He's allowed to be multiple different things. He's allowed to be, you know, I don't know. He's allowed to be out and fun and vivacious and, and flirtatious and like the full expression of himself. Yeah. Because, and I, and I can, I can say that because I've, I know that he loves me yeah. and I know that he respects me and I know that that doesn't, doesn't challenge it. So that's what I, I mean, to me, how would I feel? A kiss. I mean, I, the issue here at the, at the core of it is a lack of, um, agreeance on what is okay. Mm. Like I said, for some people, a kiss is fine, right? You go out to a club, you have fun, you go and kiss, right? But come home to me for some people, the line is drawn way earlier. Yeah. Mm. Um, where it can get difficult is the invalidation that I'm hearing. She's saying you're overreacting. Well. Yeah. Because he's not. Because if it if it it's affecting him, it's real for him. Yeah. And um it sounds like they need to have a bit of a conversation around what is okay. Yeah. And to not assume, you know, oh, this guy's bisexual, we you know, clothes didn't come off, it was just a quick peck. No, have a conversation. Um Yeah, that would be my What do you I think, think I think that's a really good answer. Um I think it's the intention behind it. So when like someone says like a peck, I think in my mind, how I envision it is like, I don't think I'd be okay with it because I think that, yeah, I think it was like the intention behind it. So if it was like, they were saying goodbye as an example yeah. and they went for like a kiss on the cheek and that, I'd be like, oh, I don't care. Like it's nothing. You wouldn't even have to tell me oh, about that. Sure. But if it's like we're in the club and there's music going, eyes are locked, eyes are locked like, like, the intention <laughs> for me, I'm like, yeah. that's different. very different. Like what, what were you trying to get out of that? What emotion was going on there? So that for me would be, and I think it does come down to like an ego thing. Yeah. That was going to be my, my yeah, question. Yeah, it does. It does. It would come down to like an ego thing. Cause it's like, I think as males, you know, we're very like terrible territorial mm. and so i'd be like you know that's my person mm -hmm. um it's half ego and half like what are your intentions behind that mm. so if there was intention right and the intention was i feel attraction to this person in the moment it just feels like i don't know it would just feel fun how would that land with you that's a really good question <laughs> i could tell that's the question you were coming out with and i was like Fuck yeah, no, I, was or, like, I already feel <laughs> i was like i just feel this already. i know i was like i can feel this sweat coming <laughs> um then i'd be like okay where are you not being fulfilled mm, in this relationship interesting so you would experience her kissing someone else as you know immediately well she's missing something from me yeah there's yeah. something deficient in our relationship yeah. there's something i'm not giving her that she's seeking elsewhere yeah it's interesting you know i think um I'm really happy that our understanding of relationships are expanding. Um, and that's not to say I'm like for or against anything, you mm. know, in terms of um, monogamy or polyamory. But I think there's a, 
a truth about about humans and relationships that relationships become easier when it's acknowledged and it's that you can be deeply in love with someone and deeply satisfied with someone and still be attracted to other people 100 yeah oh, you know, just, 100%. Think otherwise. yeah, 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 yeah 100%. you know you can you can you know just think your partner is like straight out of god's hands and respect them and love them and want to spend the rest of your life with them and then see chris hemsworth walk down the street or i don't know who that is for you yeah, margot yeah. robbie or whatever chris hemsworth chris hemsworth no surprises there but um and that doesn't need to be a challenge. No. That doesn't need to be a conflict. No. Um, and, you know, if if them having a kiss was just like, oh, it was just, it was fun. I don't know. The, the energy was there. It was good. I don't want to be with this person. Then would you, and, and you believed that that was her answer, would you be okay with it? Well, because I'm like, well, then where does, like what are the parameters then of our relationship? Mm-hmm. Like, are we in a, like an open relationship? Oh, your relationship now. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that, 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 that's what I'm saying. So I'm okay. not in an open relationship. So mm-hmm. I'm like, that for me would lead into that. It's yeah. like, well, if you can do that, well, then there's an element of this that is open. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think because that hasn't been, or it has been discussed and it's like that, that's a no, mm-hmm. then I'd be like, well, that goes against what you've told me of what you want from this relationship. Mm. So that means it's that done. Would be the difficulty. And, and yeah. that's why, if it's like, yeah. If we, because we had discussed it, and if it was like that was that was open, I'd be like, okay, cool, that's fine. Mm. But it's because how we've discussed it, it's like, well, that goes against the yes. truth that you've told me. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I mean by they need mm. to have a conversation. Because yeah. if it hasn't been discussed, well, then there's then an issue. She, you know, she can't be flippant, and I don't yeah. want to say he can't be angry. He absolutely can be angry, but you know, you have to pause and say, well, what, um, you know, how have I played a role in this? Have I expressed to her that this is a boundary for me? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you, what you said, the betrayal there would be the fact that she's not, I guess, um, sticking with what was agreed as opposed yeah. to the kiss. It, it would be almost, I think... Uh, I think that, I think it's also an, an issue for him as well because the friend is bisexual, so he's obviously attracted to men and women. So mm. for him, he's... I would say if the guy was completely gay, wouldn't be a big deal, but I think it's the more oh, so... Yeah. It's like the guy's attracted to both sexes. So I'll it's like, like... Prove it. So <laughs> fucking prove it. <laughs> So, so the Show fact that he's yeah, yeah, yeah. the fact that he's maybe Prove kissed it. his girl best friend. It's like, okay, are, are you are you attracted to her, or do, do you yeah. want to do you want to be with her? Like, well, or do you really lean that far yeah. to the side of men? Or are you mm-hmm. just saying that so you can you can get that close and sleep? in the bed with her yeah, half yeah. naked you know what I mean you can approve something today that would be <laughs> that, those would be the questions that I, would be going through my head and yeah. the questions that I was asking myself when I read it I'm like okay well yeah. if you say you're bisexual and there's there's two sides here and you yeah. say you lean more towards men but yet you're kissing my girl in the in the club and sleeping beside her that's where I'd feel a little bit more yeah. comfortable yeah I'd, I'd be pretty I, I think as well that the whole thing you were saying you know it would be ridiculous to it would it'd be ridiculous to think that you can have a relationship and not be attracted to anyone people, else. Yeah. I don't think loyalty comes from not being attracted to Absolutely. anyone else. I think it comes from being, being attracted, attracted to loads of people and making yeah. a decision to not, not do anything yeah. the whole time anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, you know, I think that's where loyalty comes from. But there's even, you know, there's even, there needs to be boundaries around emotional connection. Because, mm. you know, I could mm. be in a relationship and we never kiss, but I come emotional to you. Emotional cheating. Yeah, I come yeah, to you yeah, every yeah. time something's hard and you hold me. I've been there. Yeah, you know that is that is its own form, and again, it just needs to be discussed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 
Good answers. Of course, the I've therapist is going to say, "Well, have you spoken about it? Yeah, no. <laughs> have you communicated there, about it?" Anyone that does therapy just or is a therapist never gives you black and white yeah. answers. Like, it's all very nuanced. Like, what <laughs> are the questions that you've asked? Duh, 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 duh. Were you in life at this moment in time? <laughs> what did that, that mean you feel? For you? Yeah. What meaning did you make about oh, it? Oh, sure. Can that I just say, at the moment? <laughs> if 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 there's one question I ask all the time as a therapist. Well, no, the first one, because I work somatically, would be, and where do you feel that in your body? Oh. I'm, I know, I'm annoying. No, I'm annoying. <laughs> I know. Feel it in my toes, Rachel. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> feel it in <Yeah>. my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The second question I would ask, and this is when I work with, with anything around relationships, I'm like, and have you expressed this to them? No, that no, is I'm, a very legitimate that, question. That's a fair though. question. That's yeah, a fair that's a fair question. question. And you know what the answer? The answer's always like, they're shocked that I would say that. Like, mm. why would I tell them that? I can't say that. Mm. I'm like, well, there, there's the issue. That's the That's issue. what we're going to have a chat about now. Yeah. I guess what I would say is in relation to their question, what would, yeah, what would you do? I think it would be, yeah, you need to have that conversation mm. and understand the parameters. Figure the of the, yeah, figure out the boundaries of your relationship. And boundaries are going to change as well. Mm. You know, mm. as the relationship yeah. progresses um, and, you know, especially if, if, say, for example, if infidelity occurs, well, then there will be a period of time if you guys have committed to, to move on from that where boundaries are probably going to be super tight. tight. Yeah. And then once there's more trust, you can start to play around with them. You know, maybe pe- people have been together for for 15 years and they mm. were high school sweethearts and they're at a point where they want to explore a little bit more. So like, yeah. okay, you're going to be my, you know, we'll be in a relationship and we'll live together, but sexually you're you're more than welcome to go out and ex- explore. But Esther Perel spoke about this in her, in her book. I feel like I know what you're going to say. Um, where she talks about whenever there is an infidelity and the mm. two people decide to... T- start over that is a completely new, a new relationship, relationship. Mm. like you shouldn't be taking bits and pieces of the last version of the relationship yeah. that you had and then try to build on that that's completely gone mm. the person that you mm-hmm. knew before is not the same the new relationship that you have is not the same because you have that actual physical and emotional hurt from yeah. whatever that person decided to yeah, do to you against the relationship yeah. it's all about rebuilding from ground zero and mm. up again mm. and i think if people go into New relationships where one partner has been unfaithful and they go in with that idea I think there can be a lot less resentment moving forward because I think what mm. happens is it's like people will be cheated on they'll take their partner back and then they just hold against them mm-hmm. I'm like why are you here then why are you still with them if every time you have an argument you're just going to bring up the fact that they cheated yeah. you've decided to take him back you've decided to take her back you need to squash it and I get it takes time mm. but using that as like some sort of ammunition during a disagreement and always bring it up I feel like is it's a disservice to you and the relationship and if you've got kids the family as well yeah. you know well, what I mean? think if, if you decide to that comes down if you decide to forgive you forgive yeah. if you bring it up again you haven't forgiven you, haven't forgiven. you can't keep apologising for the same thing over, over and over, and over again. again you yeah. have to discuss it forgive it if you're happy to move on then move on from it mm. um, I think you know another phrase that I often hear that I, I always want to challenge people whether it's about relationships or themselves they always say I want to get back to where we were mm. or I want to get back to who I was before this thing happened and it's like that's not going to happen no mm. why would ver- you want to go back and plus the version that you were obviously like that. at that time was in in a bit of a way a reason why you're at that point yeah. Mm. Yeah. so and I, again in the book Esperfell it talks about taking ownership of your your part in the relationship yeah. if your partner has been in um, has cheated so it's mm-hmm. more so okay you've been with your partner for 15 years and he or she's cheated what about the relationship and you with that person may have like you said what led them to do that yeah. what parts of the relationship do they feel that there's a hole in that they felt they need to go elsewhere mm-hmm. do that were 
Were you not giving them enough sex? Were you not giving them any enough emotional or intellectual yeah. stimulation that they need to go and seek that from a work colleague or for someone in the gym? Yeah. Like, if you're a shit partner and then your partner decides to go and seek some some validation from somewhere else, you have to take some responsibility yeah. for that as well. Because it, as a partnership, it's two people. It's three people. I don't know what people are doing yeah. nowadays. <laughs> Could be anything. But uh, uh, you need to also take ownership of your mm. responsibilities for that relationship. Just because that person cheated doesn't make them actually the worst person in a relationship. You could actually be the worst person. Yeah. And them cheating was actually their version of trying to save the relationship because it forced you now to then have to make a decision on what we need to do to make this thing Absolutely. progress. You know what I mean? Yeah. Forced you to, it's like the reason made a paradox. You know what? You Again. sound like a therapist now. It's a nuanced answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that people are good or yeah. bad. There's, there's layers to Guilty. it. It is yeah. very layered. I right. was, uh, was going to ask, what is the most common question you get as a psychotherapist? Oh. We're into the main bits of the episode now. Okay. What is the most common question? Mm. Oh, God. I mean, I get so many different variations. I think, <laughs> do you know what? Yeah, the most common question I get is we talk about something. We talk about anxiety, depression, trauma, relationships. And then, you know, we've unpacked why they are the way they are. And they go, okay, well, what can I do about it? You know, or they go, okay, well, well now what? And it's almost like they want to fix. A quick result. Mm. They want a quick resu- result. Yeah, you know, okay, I have all this awareness and what do I do with it? Um, that, that's probably the most the most common one it's this this frustration um that awareness hasn't solved their issue you know there is the catharsis sometimes they say to you like what you know you were saying before that you know you read this book and you go oh my gosh it's it's not that i'm an asshole and a committophobe it's that i'm scared Mm. and i'm you know i'm scared of being vulnerable and it's like that that awareness just kind of hits you deep and kind of it can almost be quite um validating and soothing and then there's work you know, that mm. um, that awareness, we have to do something with it, mm. you know, because there are always people who are abundantly self-aware. And if anything, that's more of a curse if you don't mm. know what to do with that awareness. I've, I've met people before where, as an example, they may just be really uh, frantic or mm. like whatever it may be. And I've had conversations that are like, this is just the way I am. Ugh. And that, it's such a frustration because mm. it's like, well, you can't then be annoyed that life isn't turning out the way you want it to be if you're not willing to put in the work to change the course and the direction of your life. Mm. Basically, like, just accept where you are then. Yeah. Mm. Stop trying to like be better, accept the cage you're in, and that's where you're going to be. Mm. I think people also seek the the instant gratification that comes with it. It's like, yeah. I'm so self-aware, but as you said, what do I do next? It's like, but yeah. th- this is going to be a journey. It's mm. a delayed, yeah. the delayed gratification. It's like when you go to the gym, you work out once or twice, that's not going to get you the body that you want or you need. Yeah. It's all about doing the work, going every day, being consistent. And then it's a journey because like, you know, when you go to the gym and you, your body becomes better, you get to the point in six months that you wanted to be at six months yeah. ago. Mm. But when you get there, you're like, oh no, I want to fix this part. And I want to yeah. fix that part. And I think it's the same when it comes to going to therapy and, and doing the work. It's like you, you get to a point of self-awareness and self-development that you, that the six month, yeah. version of you ago once is here and you habituate that's your new normal and then that's when yeah. you're yeah. normal but then normal's usually not good enough so then you're like okay what can i do next to get to the next point so but just remember that, that you're not you are not an ongoing project no i take breaks all the time you know. wait what yeah. sorry just sitting. you're not an ongoing project of self-development no what do you what do you mean by that so what i mean by well he said you know that 
you know, you get to the next level of awareness of where you want to be and who you want to be. And then you habituate to that, that becomes your new normal. And then it's the next thing. And mm. then you said, you know, and it's never good enough. Yeah. And that's the part that I would, that like, yeah, that's the part that I would challenge of, we never arrive. Yeah. You know, we, we, the, we're supposed to be aspirational. We're forever moving towards who we want to be. Cause if we arrived, then what? You know, yeah, and, you and, go. and this is, um, you know, we, we spoke about it before this episode where I said, what do you think the purpose of therapy is? And you said awareness, which amen, I'm with you. But then you said, um, well, th- this is how it informs my behavior and how I show up. And mm. I think, yeah, you guys kind of answered the, the question in two parts is you need the awareness, but then how does that awareness translate into your life? And you said, you know, I'm more, um, conscious with my boundaries you know i don't let things fly i kind of step out of that people pleaser role Mm. um so it's a twofold part you know and and if you want to um live a life that feels satisfying and meaningful and pleasurable you have to be okay with discomfort Mm. i think that in general people are either like moving away from pain or moving closer to pleasure Mm -hmm. and i think that whatever you have just use it Mm. because you might as well Mm because if that's the only thing you've got Mm -hmm. it can either help you get there or it will hinder you Mm -hmm. you might as well use it to get where you're going yeah loads of people say they can't go to the next step or they can't work at themselves because of all these issues it's like we'll just use it Mm. Mm. you know because it's there anyway yeah like all that discomfort is there so yeah, a big a big part of of the work that I do as a therapist but also as a yoga teacher really is about not helping people to feel pleasure but to help them to be okay with discomfort. You mm. know, I don't know. Have you guys ever done a yin class? Uh, I've done, done like a, a, like few, a few. Yo, I've done like hot yoga and a few yoga classes yeah. like back in the day, yeah. So a yin class, it's more um, static. So you get into a pose and you hold it for anywhere from seven to ten minutes. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, put Why? me off yoga. I, I did not enjoy very yoga. Painful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was just horribly. I actually said this to the other day. I I burnt more calories in a yoga class than I did in my workout. Yeah, like honestly, That's I was wild. dripping sweat all over the mat. Mm. I had to like oh. grab the towel and dro- I was. I did. Um, I, I did. T- I did apart. two. I did two hot yoga sessions back to yeah. back, and it Why'd just smelt like. Oh, my! My ex was like a. She was trying to become a yoga teacher, and she needed me to come and like get involved in it. I did two classes. She. I needed to be in like the filming and stuff, and it just smelt gross. It was just feet, gross. Feet and sweat. It was just yeah. in this like tent. Oh, because it was this, there was this company back home called like a Hot Pod Yoga, which mm-hmm. is in London. It was like this this big brand that was blown up, and it's all this like this inflatable tent that can be blown up like yeah, anywhere all that. over London. Yeah. 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 So when she started there, it was like only like ten people within the company, but yeah. And so I did two classes back to back, and it was just gross. It's, it's just sweaty breath. Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason that I asked that, and and you kind of hit on it, it was. Um, it's intense yeah. and it's, I want people, you know, I put Discomfort. them into a position that's uncomfortable that's, and I say, stay there, stay there, stay in the discomfort, stay in the pain. And yes, it's very physical. I'm saying literally stay with the discomfort. Notice when it's the wrong kind of discomfort because there is like, okay, my knee is like slipping out of alignment. I'm going to pop it out. We don't want to stay there. But if it's just muscle tension, yeah. if it's just, um, the emotional discomfort of being with yourself, if it's the mental discomfort of being still, be there. Mm. And because when we can increase our tolerance to being uncomfortable, life ironically becomes easier. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
I don't know where I was going with that. I, I always said that. I was like, if you want an easy... <laughs> I, I don't know where I was going with that. I, I, but I, <laughs> I, I would always say, if you want... <laughs> I've got the point across. It's like, if you want an easy life, get used to making hard decisions. If yeah. you want a hard life, only make easy decisions. Yeah. So yeah, like in regards yeah. to sitting with pain, it's like that will help yeah. you have an easier life. Yeah. Because then you get used to making hard choices. Amen. You know, I always say to clients, you know, say there's a conversation that they don't want to have, right? In their relationship, their boss, whatever. I say, you have two options and they both suck. The first option is to bite your tongue, to not say it, to avoid conflict and to be resentful. Mm. And resentment is a hell of a thing to harbor within your body. Mm. It's dangerous to harbor within your yeah. body. Get those stomach ulcers. Yeah. No, you, it will yeah, manifest yeah. As, as, as... It will manifest uh, physiologically. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's um, the other option is to be uncomfortable and to say things that are vulnerable and that are risky and to try something new and to be bad at it. Pick your suffering. Yeah. yeah the There's no third option. Suffering is definitely the better one. You know, and I think, um, I think in the West, we've been sold this narrative that we're supposed to be happy. Yeah. And if you're not happy, something's wrong. And you should move towards happiness. And I think that's the wrong place to start. I think the issue with the West is that they have this idea that you have it so lucky. Mm. I look at people on like in other parts of the world and in Asia and mm. after they always list off these third world countries like these third world countries you aren't wealthy that, as hell yeah. it's can't. like oh you, sh- you should be lucky because you live here you've you've had it the best you're mo- the most comfortable it's ever been in history mm. just like that doesn't negate the fact that we still have issues mm. within our lives mm. like just because just because we have it better than other people doesn't mean that we also don't suffer in different ways you know what I mean mm. yeah, yeah and there's also been cases where they've they've study people in other parts of the world who are intensely happy with way less you know what I mean so it doesn't even matter about what you have and where you are it is purely singularly about your individual life well, also, empathy doesn't work like that. Otherwise, you could compare everything to anything yeah. all yeah, the time. The best or the it, it would just situation. be like ridiculous. Yeah. It means no one has a right to ever be sad. It's like I used to have friends who said, Oh, I can't be upset because other people have it worse. I'm like, But that means you're saying you can't be happy because other people mm. have it yeah, better. Yeah. Mm. It's like, That's not how it works. You, your emotions and your happiness and your sadness are all so singular to to you and your own experience that you shouldn't have to compare it with other people in order for it to be a valid reason for being Mm. happy or for being sad and i think as soon as people start feeling that way then it'll just be a lot easier and i think a lot of people use that saying to bypass what they feel yeah you know like oh i I can't i can't feel sad about this because you know because of x so therefore i'm going to squish it down it it gives them a really intellectual reason to not feel whatever discomfort is coming up for them that's a very good point and and the reality is again it's it's you know we're stuck with this this human body that does not give a shit about what is happening overseas. Mm. You know, if you are feeling an emotion in your body, it doesn't care what's happening in Ukraine. Mm. <laughs> your body's True. like, hey, mm. I need you to feel this right now. And, you know, I always I always say to clients and I always practice this with myself is the best and the quickest way out is through. If you mm. if you hate this feeling of discomfort in your body, notice it. Where mm. is it? What is it? Mm. Is it jealousy? Is it sadness? Is it, and then let it move where, however it wants to move. It might be, you know, you might get really angry and want to punch your bed. You might want to cry. You might want to shake, whatever it is. Once it's been expressed and it's moved, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, emotion wants to be seen. It wants to be felt because it's trying to communicate with us. And once it knows that the message has been heard, it will quieten back down. Mm. 
And so, you know, when we say things of like, oh, I'm not, I'm not allowed to feel this. I shouldn't feel it. You just push it back down and it's still in there. I think that, I think that some people will go through traumatic experiences, but I also think that some people aren't pushing those things away. I think that people sometimes don't see things as traumatic. Mm -hmm. Mm. Like as I was sitting with my therapist and I was telling her about something that was, would, would be trauma. And I was like, I don't know. I just don't see it that way. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of asked, is trauma defined by something or is it by is it defined by someone's perspective of the situation? Mm. Because if I don't see it as traumatic, well then why is it traumatic? No, hundred percent. For example, like, you could also, this is going to be really bad, but you could also look at like the Ukraine situation. That's a very traumatic thing that's going on. Mm. But for you, it's not traumatic to you. You're chilling. No. You're happy. Like it doesn't really affect, yeah. it affects the world and how mm. like the expenses of oil, all those kind of, the Ukrainian people and the Russian people are going through a very traumatic time. But for us living in Australia, that's not traumatic. So like you said, it's definitely per person that mm. I think trauma can, can be a thing. For example, yeah. like I was saying earlier, not in this recording, but the previous one where I've gone through relationships and haven't been able to like commit fully to them. Mm. And we're going through breaks up, break up. Some people go through breakups and are literally falling apart at the seams, destroyed, very traumatic experience but then i could go through my breakups and it's just like it's just a breakup to me you know what i mean well yeah exactly well that, that's kind of what i was going for yeah. I was like it's i think it does because i think that people associate traumas or when you're dealing with it in terms of like what society deems as traumatic yeah but some people may just see it as like situations yeah. but like, also have like, you fooled yourself like, into thinking that it's not traumatic because I you've mean, kind of numbed I mean, the pain I mean, of it. I mean if you say that we could go down like you know alice in wonderland and you know yeah, we could like, go down ne- the no, well we'd never know like where <laughs> yeah. where is right and where is wrong yeah. but i guess it's just it comes to like sitting down sitting with yourself and being like am i uncomfortable do I feel this is traumatic or is this just an experience? Mm. This is just something in life that has happened and it is a situation mm. like any other situation that either has a positive connotation or a negative connotation. Mm. It just is. Mm. I think sometimes things happen and now as I get older, I just see it as is. Mm. Something's just happened mm. and that is just the way life goes. In therapy, we, we talk about trauma in two ways. So is there, there's trauma with a big T and those are your Ukrainian conflicts. Those are, you know, rape, abuse, Mm. the really big things that no one would kind of question is trauma. The other one is trauma with a little T. And these are the kind of small but consistent things that happen to us. And these can be the relational traumas. It can Mm. be the fact that dad never asked me how my day was ever as a child. And I never felt like he was interested in me. It can be, you know, the trauma of, um, you know, of, of losing a dog, for example, right? It can, it can be these kind of small things that are, um, perhaps not so kind of um, outside the norm, mm. but they still have an effect on us. And I think a really good way of understanding what trauma is, is trauma is any event that disconnects us from our sense of self. Mm. You know, it disconnects us I from like from who we are and who we want to be. And, um you know, one of my best friends is, is, is a trauma therapist and she gave the most beautiful analogy, which is, you know, what happens is we all have what we call a Buddha stomach within us, right? We mm-hmm. have this thing inherent within us. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's getting to that Buddha stomach. <laughs> he, he wants attention. <laughs> Sorry, continue. He's scared. Um, Single dad life is really hard, you can see. Yes. Single dad life. Everyone. <laughs> trauma with a big tape. Um, you know, we all have the we all have the ability within us to kind of 
to know. Right? We all have an intuitive sense of who we are, of what's going on, of what we think and what we feel. And what happens with trauma is we, the, the pain that happens right? whenever you're abused, whenever you're disconnected, it's so unbearable in the body that we start to um, retreat from the body and go up into our head. And we start to live in our head. We get really intellectual. We get really rational about the way that we look at things. And we're so disconnected from how we actually hmm. feel. You know, I could say to you, like, <laughs> speak to him. Speak <laughs> to him. That's really interesting. Just, yeah, just turn that way. I'll just, I'll just sit. <laughs> because I can say, I say to people all the time. Lie back down. Um, I say to people, you know, how do you feel about that? And they'll tell me what they think. And I'm like, no, no, no. How do you feel? Mm. What's happening in your body as we speak? And they go, mm, I don't know, like a sad, I guess. They don't have that connection to what's going on inside of them as they live. And I always ban my clients from the word good. Mm. It's a filler word. It doesn't mean anything. It's like, okay, I'll say to them, how are you feeling? They say, good. How are you feeling? Mm. Can, you, can you find a word to describe what's happening in your body? Mm. That's a very... Uh, that's really interesting. That's I like very, that. Yeah. I think that... I think I can relate to some of that. Yeah, you can. Mm. I think that I rationalize a lot of situations. Mm. Not that I can't empathize, because I think that I'm a naturally very empathetic i can empathize very easily with other people Mm. but i think when i look at myself and my own situations i'm able to like create a more like rational Mm. you know but why would you empathize for other people but not because i'm like because because i'm like for me i'm like so for me i I guess how i think about it i'm like life doesn't stop moving Mm -hmm. and if you don't know how to move past pain you'll be stuck in that forever Mm. so i'm it's either going to get me to where i want to be or it won't get me to where i want to be Mm. so i can kind of rationalize it and be like well will it stop me moving forward and then Mm. that's how it allows me to get rid of it basically Mm. not like push it down i don't feel like i push it down Mm -hmm. i feel like i genuinely am able to just lift the weight off like Mm. i do i really care Mm -hmm. do i really care about this you know, is it irreversible? How irreversible is it on my life? Mm-hmm. Can I change it? If I can change it, then change it. If I can't, what's the benefit of continuing to think about it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's about balance. I'm not saying I want people to never think about what's going on and never, you know, have those skills to be able to really break things down and understand and put pieces together. And, you know, it's important to have that part. It's equally as important to be honest about how we feel and let that inform us. And so that those two parts can be integrated and aligned, you know, that how we feel is in line with how we think. And yeah, I see it all the time. I see people, they, they can tell me what's going on here. And the reason that, that that's not sufficient, because if it worked, sick, we just like never feel our stuff, just constantly move towards who we want to be. Um, but then we start to become split. Because there's something that's happening inside of us, in our body, and then there's something that's happening up in our head, and there's two different parts. Mm. And we're in conflict with each other. Mm. We're in conflict with ourselves, right? We feel, we feel torn. We feel misaligned. We feel misunderstood. Mm. Um, I love it. The analogy I always give is emotions are like a beach ball, right? Could you hold a beach ball underwater? Uh, you have to hold it like tuck because it's buoyant. Yeah. So you have to like to push it, it down. But you could do it, right? Yeah, 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 like yeah. it's a little bit of work, but you can get on top of it. It's not that hard. It, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do it. You can suppress your emotion, right? It's doable. But what's the natural trajectory of a beach ball when you push it underwater? It's going to want to pop back mm. up. It's going to want to come up. You know, our emotions are here to help us. Our emotions are here to communicate with us. Um, 
on a on a different level. It's it's not up in our in our head. It's in our body because our emotion is trying to move us into action, right? If you think about anxiety, what anxiety is trying to say to you is, hey, there's a threat that might be in the future that I mm. want you to be aware of. Yeah. When you think about jealousy or envy, you think there's something of yours that is um, there's a threat that it it won't be yours anymore. If you think about um, excitement, right? It's trying to move you towards pleasure. Like this is a good thing. Keep going. It's constantly scanning our situation and giving us feedback. And so this is why we want to lean into our emotions and not, not let them be in the driver's seat, right? It's not like, oh, I feel angry. This is who I'm going to let it totally consume me and make all of my decisions. It's what is this anger trying to tell me about myself and about this situation? Um, an analogy I give for, for anxiety, but with all emotion really is, Imagine that we have roommates, right? Mm -hmm. You're in your room. You've got your um, noise-canceling headphones on. You're just on your laptop doing some work. Right? You're busy. You're invested in something. I'm in the kitchen cooking, and I'm a bad cook, and so I like start to burn things, and there's like a really little fire. It's just small. I try putting it out. I'm like patting it, and it's just not working, and I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, I'm probably like figuring out what I need to do. Like how badly is this going to escalate? But I quickly, I run to you, and I, I, I knock on your door because I want to let you know that there might be a problem. Now, if I knock on your door and you take your headphones off and you go, hey, what's up? I said, hey, I don't think it's a big deal, but there's like a little fire in the kitchen. I'm going to try and put it out right now. Maybe you want to come help me or maybe we, we might need to leave. Now, now I know that you have that information and you're going to do what's necessary. But if I come to your door and I'm banging and you can't hear me, I go, oh, shit he's in danger and he doesn't know it. Mm. This could get really bad. His door is locked. He's fully ignorant to the threat that is out there. So I might start banging on your door, right? If it gets so bad, if this fire starts to consume, I might like knock your door down and come and grab you, right? Mm. It's the same thing with emotion. The more that you try to ignore it, the louder it's going to bang. Mm -hmm. But once it. you give it your the attention that it needs... And it doesn't need to be, oh, I agree with you. It's like, I see you. Mm. I see what you're trying to say. Thank you. Then it can start to, to dissipate. And then the beach ball, rather than having to come up and smack us, it can just slowly, slowly come, come up. up. Yeah. I really like that. I think that's a great analogy. Fuck, I love that analogy. I really like that. That's I love the fact we've had like this whole episode planned and we just like veered no, off I left think, and right. I think, yeah, I think, I think that is, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that's great. You know, and, um, and, yeah. and the other part is... And I know that you'll get this because I know that you're in that place where you're curious about this stuff and you think it's interesting. There is no part of you that is not there to serve you. Yeah. You're, even the, you know, the parts that we love to push down, right? Like our anger, our jealousy, our, even all like the weird things that mm. we're attracted to. It is all there to protect you mm. and to look after you. And Anita actually, said that in the episode. Yeah. What, what it, yeah it's serving yeah, yeah. you for a reason it's in that moment. It's serving you for a reason. Yeah. 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 And, and, and when you can speak to it, when you can look at it and you can see, oh, this jealousy that I feel towards my, my girlfriend's gay friend really is about my love for her and my, my, how much I appreciate this relationship and I don't want her to go. Mm, I don't want her to go anywhere. Point. I love her so much. This is important to me. Okay. Good. I'm glad that my jealousy is there to tell me that. Thank you. And then ironically, once it's given you that very um, astute um, information, it softens. Yeah. I, um, and also, it's like if you didn't feel a slight hint of jealousy, you'd probably question, why do I not feel jealous mm -hmm. over that situation? I, I, think as well. yeah. I think I felt that because in the early stages of this, of my current relationship, mm -hmm. I, um, 
I felt avoidant tender and I said it as well I felt these like avoid I used to be a very anxious person and that's just like windled away from just just doing the work on it but um, I felt these like avoidant tendencies come up from like nowhere and I was just telling I, I what I do is when I I used to do this I used to have conversations out loud mm -hmm. like walking down the road mm -hmm. I'd like talk out my internal thought track and talk out the pros and cons of where each of those scenarios would take me mm. and so I would be like where are these avoidant tendencies coming from and it came down to the fact that it's because I'm in what feels like a secure place and so because it's secure it's new to me and it scared me and mm. I was like that's where that's coming from mm. it's not because they're doing anything wrong it's because they're doing everything right mm. and that made me want to run away territory. because oh gosh, I'm like yeah. oh my god it's leading to a place where I could be even more happy and that means that I won't run and if I won't run fuck what does that mean yeah. so, so that, that I started having this like panic this, that, that point actually brings us on to one of the next questions yeah, yeah. and that will interlock because that would have been one of my points for this one so it's why do people go for someone they know isn't good for them they know isn't good for them mm. Why do people go for someone they know so for example, isn't good for them? You're, you meet a girl, you meet a guy, but you know there are these little orange red flags coming mm. up. You're like, this person's not good for me, but they'll still continue to date yeah. them. What? Why? Why do you think that is? Why do you think? The reason that I'm, oh, you're gonna hate this answer. <laughs> the reason that I'm taking my time is so. So where are they in life? No, it, it depends. No, no, we're here. For, we're here for nuance. We need. Yeah, yeah. yeah people I mean, need to understand this sort of stuff. Is always going to be nuanced. Yeah, I mean, so the first thing I would ask is, you know, what are they trying to achieve in in staying there? Yeah. Right? Is it that they're so so lonely that they're happy to kind of um take the, take the bare minimum yeah they're happy mm. to, the, to take the breadcrumbs you know to stay connected mm. um that could be one reason the the other reason is usually there is something about this person that is familiar and and they might be aggressive they might be distant and then you look back and you say well where have i seen aggression that, or yeah. where have i seen distance and learnt that it's okay um, because a lot of us, you know, we're, we're attracted to not what is good for us, but, but what, what is familiar, familiar to us. Yeah. And so there might be, there might be a person who is always, you know, negging us. They're always making these like little comments that are just brutal and, and we might have a high tolerance to it. We can hate it, but we, we look back and we go, you know, where have I experienced that? And it might be that you have big brothers, mm. you know, and you're used to kind of, being shut on or you're the youngest sibling and, and to kind of be made fun of is, is the way that you connect. Yeah. And so you can say like, that doesn't feel good, but I, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm the familiar. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Kind yeah. of thing. Oh my gosh. And, that, yeah. and to what you were saying is it can actually be so challenging and so hard for people to be in a healthy relationship mm. because it's new and because it's giving us permission to be seen and to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, and to be vulnerable is terrifying. Do you think there's a level of people going for someone they know is not good for them? One, people accept the love they think they deserve. Mm -hmm. But also, whenever you end up dating someone who you know isn't good for you, it actually gives you a sense of, I don't need to fully commit because I know there's going to be a sell-by date on this. Like, I know they're not great for me, so I can almost have one foot in one foot out and it, it's almost like a, a confirmation bias so are you dubbing on yourself right now no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this probably would have been me back in the day not so much now but it's like yeah no for sure I but mean, it would be like it, it, it would be a version of you them confirming their own bias about 
every relationship they're in, it never works out. Mm-hmm. Every time I try to get close to someone, it, it never works yeah. out. So by going and being with someone that they, whether consciously or subconsciously, know is not right for them, yeah. it's almost confirming their already pre, like predetermined, like their predetermined thoughts and where, where it would go in the end, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Absolutely. You know, like, like you said, you know, when you got into a secure relationship, you went, oh, fuck. You know, mm. now something real is going to be on. Because then you have me. to step up as well. If you you're with a good s- person, like yeah. a good person is not going to take your bullshit. So mm. then you're not having to think, fuck, I can't act the way I used to act in those mm. relationships. I have to actually now step up and up my game to be worthy of this relationship and of this person. No more gaslighting. I was like, are you fucking <laughs> joking? What's left to do? Fucking hell. To what you said previously as well which you know when we're vulnerable we risk getting hurt Mm. you know and and there's no again there's no way out of it it's either we stay with one foot out and we stay safe but we never feel the depth of connection of love of you know um of you know what a human relationship can be Mm. or we step in and we we risk having our heart broken we risk being um being hurt and being challenged but on the flip side of that is bless yeah being seen being loved in your messiness in um being able to consciously build something it's like there's no way to that level of love that you want that's almost transcendent without that vulnerability how do you you get to that point how can someone get to that point of becoming and or allowing themselves to be become vulnerable mm-hmm. in their in their next relationship if all they've ever known is is heartbreak and mm. anxiety and, and turmoil in yeah. their previous relationships how, well, how does someone get to that point well i was going to just add to that i was going to say that matthew hussey like had a video on this ages ago mm. and he was like um he was like people who've been through that and have been in anxious situations they don't know how to trust again and it's mm-hmm. like it isn't about knowing whether you can trust someone again because you probably can't someone will break your heart again that will happen but it's just trusting yourself enough that no matter what you will get over it and you'll be okay and you'll be yeah, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's I've it seen that. and, and that's the only way to do it you can't ever know if someone's going to hurt you no. again yeah. you can't ever going to know if you're going to fall yeah. out with someone that is just life that's the way it goes but just know that you will always be okay Absolutely. you'll always come out the other side because otherwise you never get into a situation Mm. if someone's like oh, I don't want to date someone just in case they hurt me it's like we'll be prepared to be single forever yes yeah because yeah. yeah. like the, the, there's no way for you to ever experience mm. it I think that someone said this a while ago it's like to love someone is to mm. give them complete power to destroy you but have faith that they never will well, yeah. mm, I love that I'm still and, that, that. and you have to just you have to just be in that and that's yeah. just to really yeah. be in the moment you have to be prepared to be hurt mm-hmm. but just trust that it won't happen mm-hmm. but I, that's it I also said to people when it comes to I guess the, this is me preaching but not practicing but I digress amen same <laughs> right, right. Um, preach I, the game don't play yeah, it don't bro. play it I don't preach it but I don't play it, play it. Um, I've said to people before whenever they've, they've talked about situations like that like oh like this was so horrible and I'm so heartbroken and then I would, I always say to them when was the last time you were heartbroken before that they said maybe like six years ago it's like you made it through that though mm. didn't you and you actually mm. got to the point where you could trust again mm-hmm. but that at that point in your life you probably thought it was all over like mm. you're probably falling apart of the seams you thought you're never going to meet anything amazing you thought you're never going to feel again but eventually you did mm. and just the same way at that point you thought it was the worst point in your life again you're now thinking this is the yeah. worst point in your life but the idea is like what you said you're accepting the fact that these things will happen mm-hmm. as you go through relationship mm-hmm. but just know that the same version of you that did it six years ago is going to be able to do it again yeah. today 
and you probably will happen again in five years and then if it's not your partner it'll be your kids yeah. your kids are going to end up breaking yeah. your heart and you're probably going to fall apart but then no when you think back 20 years ago when i had my first heartbreak mm. you were able to get over it also, and you'll always be able to do it over and over again well also you can only enjoy those good times because you've had the bad, bad times, times like yeah. people can't be happy forever they can't mm. be we're always in a constant flow there's of no joy without happy, pain. sad you know like anger whatever it is mm -hmm. but it's like you only feel that because you've had the opposite mm. so you can only look back and go this is good in relation to what is bad mm -hmm. and everyone's been through a heartbreak everyone's been through a break most people anyway apart from those who you know dated when they were like fucking 15 they've been together till they were 90 mm -hmm. which is a rare breed nowadays but everyone would have gone through a breakup everyone and you will always be okay and it gives you the like the reference point of what is bad what i'm looking yeah. for and where my new standards come yeah. in yeah yeah and make space for all of it you know the other yeah. thing i would say is like don't run from heartbreak don't run from pain. There is so much beauty and wisdom in pain if you are able to stay there. Because I think humans have the one, the most um, astonishing capacity to feel pain, to feel sadness, to feel these things that we might label as negative and transform them into something different. You know, we can transform um, grief into love. We can transform these things into artwork, into into knowledge about ourselves and the world. And I think if you're able to stay in the fire, if you're able to be present with all of this painful emotion, it has a lot to teach you. And and I think just like we were talking about in yoga, if you can stay in the discomfort, there is so much wisdom on the other side. Chris Williamson, he would say that you, what you were saying before is like sitting with discomfort long enough and he said this thing about in the early stages of discomfort that's where most people would quit mm, so mm -hmm. if you can just like sit with it for long enough mm -hmm. that's where you start to succeed in the mm. outcome of what you want yeah. and I love that because there are so many points in life where it's like you know I need to go to the gym. I get up every, well, I don't, but like somebody wants to get up every day at 6 a.m. to go, I'm not a morning person. Uh, but somebody wants to get up every day and go to the gym at 6 a.m. And then the first day they go, oh, it's difficult. It's like, yeah, because you don't have motivation anymore. That's mm. dedication. Mm -hmm. But if you just sit with that long enough, that's where you start to see the, like, you know, the return on investment. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think to the kind of heart of the question that you asked yeah. is, you know, if someone wants to be vulnerable, but they don't know how, it is going to be a conscious, intentional choice that feels wrong for a while. Mm. And I always, um, I always liken it to, to driving. Do you guys remember the first time you tried to drive? Yes, uh, yeah. I do. Right? How intense was it? I bumped a few cars. Yeah. You bumped cars. Oh, like I had a big... <laughs> what? I had a Ford Falcon station wagon when I first got to Australia. So I passed in the UK, moved here and got a car. Yeah. And when I was parking, I bumped a few cars and I just drove off. It, it <laughs> shouldn't have admitted that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck it. It was just like little dings, and I was just like, oh, it's just like a driver. You do that all the time, and you always claim to be a good driver. I'm like, me, you crossed five times. I've never. No, I did. I did. I drove my mum's car back in the UK, and I like drove into someone who was reversing. It was only a ding. It was only a There's ding. There's one time he's just like, yeah, I've never crashed, and then five minutes later, he proceeded to tell me all oh, the sorry. times that he. Crashed. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm like, me, you crashed five times. Oh yeah, no, sorry. I crashed another time. So when I was moving from here, I rented a van and I reversed into 
into a tree. Uh, so yeah, it was no because no, basically the tree was like yeah it was. Basically the, the the tree was like this like there was a tree and there was this fucking big log sticking you out on top. The tree. And then the is, I didn't see <laughs> that. No, because because in the mirror I could just see this. I could just see this bit though. In the mirror I could just see this bit and I couldn't see this bit. And so the and the roof at the corner just got dinged by that. I know. You're not gonna change. Look, so I barely crashed a few times, three times, four times max. The most shame I've ever experienced as a human being. I was parked out the front of a cafe and I had just got my peas. And I was driving my mum's like fat station wagon, so like mm. long. Yeah, yeah so I, I, that, that, that's the same car that I had. Yeah, the station wagon. <laughs> okay, with the excuses. They're fucking, they're such a big car, it's so it's long. It's so big, right? And I, it didn't have, it was like old, it didn't have like, you know, like sensors or anything. Anyway, and so I was like parked tightly between two cars. And you know how you kind of like, when you're coming out, you like pull back, you turn, you know, like you do like, I don't know, whatever, however many yeah, maneuvers yeah. to get out of it. Yeah. I panicked, right? So I reversed back and I hit that car. And I was like, oh, fuck. And so I put a little, like, I was like, oh, shit, get away from that car. And I smashed into the one before me. <laughs> no. So I, so I put it in reverse and panicked and smashed it. Oh, my I God, that's so funny. No, you didn't. No, I did. In front of a cafe. And you drive off? Watching. Did you drive off? Yeah, I think I was, yes. I was like 18. I was so ashamed I couldn't get out. Everyone okay. was watching me, and I just—I think I went five times, just like, sm- and not badly. You just like bumping them. There. Yeah, I just—I I wanted to speed away as quickly that's as so I could. Funny. If we're can, if we're like fucking dobbing on ourselves. Yeah, that's so funny. I haven't broken any laws, so I'm yeah. sweet. <sighs> Boy. The vulnerability. Oh, sorry, sorry, go on. Vulnerability no, yeah, thing. yeah. So when you, so, <laughs> so we've clearly struggled to learn how to drive, right? Yeah, yeah, but I remember yeah, the yeah. first time I got into a car, he was like telling, he was explaining everything to me, you know, and it's like, how much pressure do I pull on, put on the accelerator and how much pressure do I put on the brake? I have to check how many fucking mirrors. And then mm. I'm like, I'm trying to, you know, keep the car straight as I check my blind spot. And there was so much to do and it felt so unnatural and so overwhelming. Now, that's how it feels the first time we do anything, right? We're bad at it. We have to really focus a lot of attention to kind of put the pieces together. But I'm sure now you're at the point where you can probably drive and listen to a podcast and talk to your friend next 100%. to you. Oh, yeah, I don't know about that with you. <laughs> not sure what I've done, but the rest yeah. of us can. You know, but it's so automatic. You don't need, like, I, sometimes I drive and I'm like, you're going oh my to God. autopilot? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I'm a kilometer down the road and I don't even know how that happened. Like, yeah. You don't have to consciously think about it. And so, Things like vulnerability and relationship skills are going to be the exact same thing. They're going to feel so disingenuous when you start. Mm, They're going to feel so contrived. But the more that you do it, the more that the brain starts to adapt and it just becomes your new reflex. That's fair. You're going to be in a period of feeling really uncomfortable about it. And I think starting there, just acknowledge that. I'm not Mm. good at this. I want to be vulnerable. It feels weird. Everything in my body is telling me to run. I think even sometimes leading with the fact you're about to be vulnerable to that person. Oh, amen. Will definitely make it a lot easier for them to receive. Especially if it's something that they've done that's made you feel a certain type of way. If Mm. you lead with, hey, I'm about to be quite vulnerable here. Mm. It actually probably makes them... feel a lot more comfortable to receive that because a lot of times if you approach someone Mm. with a problem that you have that they've done Mm. they can become quite defensive Mm. because that's just your your automatic response from most people so if you lead in with i'm about to be vulnerable here it kind of changes the narrative and it makes them realize that actually this person is going to do something that's going to make them really feel uncomfortable Mm. i should respect that and allow Mm. them the space to 
come to me with that mm. you're also whatever be, information i think for anyone as well it's like you're also going to be shit at something long enough until you're good at it mm. so, oh. so, so yeah. it's just like yeah. you have to be shit in the beginning like yeah. you have to be shit long yeah. enough to be good mm. which is fine it's like quality over quantity but to get quality you mm. have to do enough quantity i kind of bring that into like what is a good sense of self a, a good solid strong person is someone who's okay at being bad at things mm. they can go to a dance class and feel like an idiot but they're like you know i give myself grace and space to be bad at something for a while yeah. but and then that shame of like i'm oh, like i don't know how to move my body that's not going to decide whether or not i stick with this thing and you also have to have a very high ego to think you're going to be good at everything the first time you do it as well yeah. so you're yeah. not so, going to be good at the shit that you're doing is, for the first time it's a level of humility of mm. like why sh you know i see it with arm balances all the time you know when i'm teaching yoga and i teach something really funky something inverted and people get really frustrated when they can't do it and it's almost like i had to work eight years to get to that what makes you think that you could do it mm. now and i don't mean that in a like a, a yeah, gatekeeper yeah, yeah. kind of way but it's like um, be patient with yourself. Yeah, 100%. It's going to take time and that's okay. Have fun in the meantime. 100%. Because the more that you can enjoy it, the more likely you are to come back at it and the more that you come back to it, the more likely you are to master it. I had a, um, a question come in from someone as well. Yeah. Um, what are some of the most, I guess, funny or absurd misconceptions people have about dating that you've come across? About dating? Mm. Ooh. Um, One size fits all. Mm. Yeah. About dating? I think... It's not. It's uh, this is what I would I would give to people who are dating. Stop listening to your friends. <laughs> Please stop listening to your apart friends. Apart from us. Apart from us. Apart Unless from your friends nothing. are these two. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Your we'll friends are that. always going to give you super biased advice, and they're going to give you advice based on the relationship that they're in now. That's so true. If they just got cheated on and they're really hurt right now, and you say to him, you say to your friend, like, "Oh, I, I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable." They're like, "Look, you're going to find something. You know, you can't trust them," and they're actually just responding from where they are facts um so so the only people i talk to about my relationship are my therapist couples therapist but also i have a few friends who are in really healthy long-term relationships that i want to emulate mm. and i'm like whatever you did to get there i want to know i will come to you my friend who is like chaotically single we we're, we're going to talk about other things <laughs> like i don't really um i'm not going to take on board what you have to say yeah, about yeah, this yeah. I, i'd say it's the same kind of thing like don't take money advice from poor people oh, yeah, mm. absolutely. It's, it's, it's like the exact same yeah. thing don't go to advice to like the wrong people yeah, yeah yeah um but i guess a misconception about dating is oh oh um the more chill you are the more likely you are to kind of get where you want right just like just Cool. Sorry, what? In terms of, can you just like... So, for example... think if you play it cool, you're more likely to attract yeah. more oh, people. Right, I'll play okay. the long game. I'll yeah, let them know that I'm so like... Relaxed I'm and so chilled. relaxed and carefree and you can just meet mm. me wherever you're at and, and thinking that that is going to get them to where they want to be. And I think... I think that's the wrong way to go about it. Yeah. I, I think, think I used to do that all the time. You just got to make your intentions of what you yeah, want yeah. to lead known. And then yeah. whoever is not able to meet that, then yeah. as you say, you qualify yeah. them out. That's yeah. why I used to get called just lazy. Cause I'd just be like, I'll just go with the flow just all the time. Yeah. yeah. And, and I can women, see now looking back, I'm like, Oh God, that's pretty fucking shit. And women don't like that. No. You know? and, no. and also no, I don't, don't think anyone actually likes it. You no. know, that, you know, women kind of want someone. And I'm speaking so generally, but you no, know, we can it's, tr it's true it's though. True, like, though. What you're going to say? It is true. Like, yeah, people want someone, want someone to make a decision. You know, yeah. I remember, you know, with my partner, he was so certain that he wanted me and he wanted this. Like, he did not waver. And me being like a hot mess from my last breakup was like, I don't know what to do. Like, blah, mm. blah, blah. And he just did not waver. He was like, 
I want you. I want this. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And I was like, oof. Okay. You sound, if he, like, you sound if like a very good guy, Mike. He's a great. He's a great. <laughs> yes, babe. But if he <laughs> said to me, you know what? Take your time. You know, meet me where you're at. Like, we can just keep it chill. Like, it got to a point where he wanted. He asked me to be his girlfriend, and I said. Why? I said no. Oh, well, no was I it said someone, no. Do you not say like he asked you once and you're like, why do you want to be my girlfriend? No, that was the second time. Oh, the second so time. So he asked me yeah. that. Like, why? What is this? A fucking job interview? <laughs> yeah, I Fuck. remember that. Well, I've actually got a PDF document yeah. here. Yeah, what are your strengths and weaknesses? No, no. I, I, so, first time I said no. No, because I was like, I want to keep dating. Um, and then he got to a point where he's like, look, I want to be with you. We've been dating now for like, I don't know, five, six months. Like, are you in or are you out? And I'm so glad that he was like that because it forced me to make the decision, make the decision and to have both feet in. Because I had one foot in, one foot out. And I, I remember thinking like, I can go either way. I either step out or I step in and I close the door behind mm. me. Um, but him kind of putting that, um, you know, telling me where he was at forced me to move. Why do you think so many people like to do the whole I'm being chill thing when for the most part, most people know exactly what you want it's like we always say like oh if you're dating a guy and you're not really sure what he wants then he doesn't yeah. want you yeah. because oh, yeah. a man that uh, really, like you said like your boyfriend made you know you had mm. no you were not in any way shape or form wondering what his intentions were yeah um, and like we always say if a guy really likes you he's nine times out of ten I mean the exception doesn't make doesn't make the rule yeah, but yeah. the rule is if they do like you, you usually you will usually know but why do you think a lot of people like to do I'm going to be quite chilled about this or I don't really mind instead of probably knowing what they want out of it, whether they want it to be casual or whether yeah. they're looking for a relationship. Why do you think people aren't just willing to just say exactly what they want? I would go three reasons. The first is that they're scared of rejection. Like mm -hmm. if, if we're like seeing each other and I say to you, hey, I want to take this further, I'm risking you saying, well, I'm not no. interested, yeah. right? So, so by just keeping it around, I might be dissatisfied, but then I don't have to have that. I don't have to risk being rejected. Um, the first one would be is, okay, well, I don't, I really enjoy your company that I would rather kind of keep us in, in contact and in connection, even if it's not exactly what I want. Yeah. I just, I don't want to lose this. Having and, a part of you is better than none of you kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and drawing a line would mean that I probably have to give you up in in the way that I want. And I think the last one is that it's vulnerable to tell someone what they want. Mm. Like you, it is a, it's a, I really like you. I want to be with you. That is vulnerable. Mm. And, or, or the other, you know, the other part is like, we might say <laughs> the vulnerability of like, I'm not that into you. You know, like if I'm going to be honest, like you're, great you're hot whatever but do i want to be with you no and we feel too scared to be honest and like i'm glad that we're like apprehensive to hurt people's feelings but and that's where like you have Welcome. to find the language there are some people out there <laughs> this bit of the podcast is very relevant yes if you listen to this and you think it's about you then it probably, it is, probably about is you. Oh. yes okay we know people <laughs> we, need, we need to listen to our episodes a lot more yeah, yeah. i mean and i think learning the language of communication will change your life. Yeah. You know, learning how to say hard things lovingly. Yeah. 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 It's yeah for sure. Yeah. So it's not, not really all about what you say. It's about how you say it as well. Yeah. But also sometimes when it comes to communication, a lot of it's, if you're someone who would consider yourself good at communicating, there's always that fear that you could be communicating with someone who's not good at it. Mm. And it's like anything I say now is going to come across in the wrong way or they're going to take it in the wrong way <laughs> and it could, it ends up, creating this conflict yeah so for example like if you were to be dating someone you're like oh i really want to say this but 
there's some reason you feel like they won't take it the right way mm-hmm. and then you just don't end up saying it in in, in the end because it's like it's, it wouldn't be worth the, mm. the effort but that's probably someone that you sh- shouldn't be dating shouldn't anyway be dating. if yeah, you feel yeah. like they're committed to misunderstanding you then they already had their backs up anyway why are you there yeah that's facts there's there's nothing you can really say that's gonna um persuade them to step out whatever whatever's going on for them yeah fair yeah um i was going to ask what are some of the like looking at um casual dating and stuff like that mm-hmm. what do you think are some of the psychological reasons as to why people ghost and and, yeah. do, and do you think there's a difference between men and women and the reasons why they do it mm. I think fundamentally the reason that we ghost is because of our discomfort with confrontation and conflict. Mm. I think it's it's hard to tell someone, "Hey, I had a great night, but I'm not I'm not feeling it. I don't want to see mm. you again." It's, you know, a part of us kind of we might feel mean or we might start to tell ourselves stories about like, well, that's such a, that's such a harsh thing to say. You know, whenever I tell people, you mm. know, I tell clients, you know, have you communicated with your partner that you're not feeling sexually attracted to them or whatever it is, they'll say, I no. can't say that. <laughs> I can't tell them that. I yeah. can't say that. That's so mean. Um, you know, that would make me a mean person. That's, I would be such a bitch if I say that. Yeah. And so it's, I th- again, I think learning how to communicate really honestly but but kindly i've had a few friends that have done that where they've been casually dating someone and they're like not super keen and they kind of go to them and and i'm just like just tell them they're like nah because it's mean and i'm like you doing this is worse for them but all all you're doing is just saving yourself like it isn't about them it's because you don't want to deal with an uncomfortable conversation you're actually being genuine to them or nice to them you're just wasting their time absolutely so don't think that you're doing like you know the selfless good deed yeah Yeah. you're just being a coward absolutely absolutely um yeah so that would be the the, you know the first one i think people are scared of 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 being honest and 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 i think also you know i think because of hinge and, and tinder and and all the dating apps we have like this plethora of mm, choice, choices yeah. which just makes it so easy easy to like just I like can, I can go not to this reply. person and have three dates tonight but yeah. can i can i can i just clarify when i when, when i personally think of ghosting i don't count ghosting as match with someone in hinge and then going on your first date with them and then them not speaking to you again i wouldn't count that as ghosting really? mm. no no so for example if i asked to match with someone in hinge on a monday and i was like hey do you want to go on a date they're like yeah sweet when you're free this thursday okay i'll chat to you on thursday and if we don't speak after oh. the day, I would kind of, I would kind of ghosting as like there's been a certain duration of time, emotion, mm. and, inve- and invested into that person, and then they stop speaking. I'm like, that's ghosting. After this is one, very nuanced. Yeah. After, after, after one day and one conversation and they don't speak, I wouldn't count that as ghost. And that's just, yeah, okay. you went another day, you don't owe them anything, I don't owe you anything. But if you've been dating someone for three dates or more yeah, so and then they just more, yeah. stop talking. What is it about three dates that makes it? It's I'm, not about, maybe it's not about the, the three date, but I feel like after spending three dates with someone, there is a bit of time and emotional inve- invested into that person to a degree I, and I, th- I think yeah. you probably owe them the grace of saying we've hung out three times and I really appreciate you taking mm. three three individual moments of your life of three to four hours each mm. to spend and sit and talk with me but I'm not feeling that I think you know I, I mean? think it also reflects like the person as an example if you go on one date mm. and there wasn't a spark or whatever it was and you don't message them back it's very early stages so like the 
the impact of that ghosting, I think, is a lot less. But if you, let's say, go on three dates with that person and you've built some form of like banter, rapport, emotional mm. connection, you don't, then you ghost them. I think it says a lot more about your character and how comfortable you are having uncomfortable conversations mm. versus not replying to the first date. You just don't care about them. They have no value in yeah, your life. Yeah, there's no value. But there. after three times, you may care about them, but just still not want to have that comfortable conversation. That says more about how you're going to be if you do end up in a long term relationship. Yeah. I think it's more like the the impact of what one date versus three, three four, four, five, five dates yeah. mean. I just think the impact what is you, different. What are you um, saving yourself from with not sending that message after the first date? Think about how long does ball it take lake. to write? What? Just ball lake. It's just a ball lake doing it. Just sending the message. Oh, but it's an English term, like ball lake. Just oh, annoying. It's just, it's just annoying. It's just like the uh, ball lake is an English term. Like yeah, an so effort. I didn't realise that. Uh, yeah, so I, I thought, thought Ozzy said that, that as well. No. Ball lake. Oh, such a ball lake. It's okay. just like, oh, just like a lot of effort. it's just effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they, yeah. They'll, they'll understand I'm not into them. Like, we didn't really like pick out from the first date. Like, she didn't message, I didn't message. Like, it is what yeah. it is. But after three, four dates, if she's messaging yeah. you and then you're not, it's like, well, now there's. It's past, you know. The, I, I, I use, I, like I'm, yeah. I'm trying to like a good example it. of this. So, for example, I was in Raya for a bit, and um, I'd match this girl. So Raya is so shit. Shout out to Raya. But if anyone that works, they're definitely not sponsoring us now. So basically, Raya is like you get this app, and you can get people from all over the world. Yeah. But you have to pay like for, to subscribe to to be on it and swipe. So I'd match this girl. Um, shout out to you if you're listening to this. Um, she's from <laughs> Adelaide, but we've been talking for quite a while. Mm prior to her coming to Sydney to visit. Mm-hmm. So it's friends here. So we've been talking for like, maybe like a month and a half. Mm. Like very sporadically, but we'd, we're watching Love Island at the same time. So there's a lot of Love Island chat going on, whatever. And then we went to the date. And it was one date, we went to a bar in Bondi, had the date, whatever, it finished. And then after a couple of days, I was like, oh, I wasn't actually feeling like mm. there was an, an emotional connection there. Mm-hmm. And I actually messaged, I sent her a voice note to explain that. But that was only after one date. But the only reason I did that after one date is because we'd already spent a month and a half mm. like talking on IG, sending each other voice notes. Investment. It, we, we'd all, we'd yeah, invested yeah. some amount of time just building rapport prior to the date. And in my head, I'm like, there's been a bit of time spent talking here. I, I feel like I should maybe say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. And she returned the same sentiments. Like, yeah, I feel the exact same way. I wasn't sure mm-hmm. if I was just in my head, but the fact that you said it, it kind of confirmed it. And then, and that was that. I think because also, if like, let's say, I'm just going on a tangent here, but let's say if you put it on like a bar graph and you had investment and time going up one side and mm-hmm. then energy and energy on the other, you could say like the longer, the more investment you've given someone, the more time you've been with them and it will get mm-hmm. past a certain point where that's where you kind of like owe them a message. You know, that's not but how like, graphs work. Is it not? You got a bar graph. Oh, yeah, that's but, not a bar graph. No, it's you a, shouldn't. You can't give this one two measurements. You have to no, give what it do you like mean? Investment is investment, and then no, investment time, is and then, and sorry, then investment is yeah, sorry, and sorry, then energy investment, here. and then and then it's energy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Okay, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I got you. <laughs> investment. So, okay, so we'll start the with, okay, so you've got like a, a thingy, whatever that's called. Is that a bar graph? It's not got a bar graph, is it? It depends if you put bars on it. No, but it's not bars. It's just a what's that thing? An axis. No, I oh, don't. I'm so bad anyway, anyway. anyway, so basically, yeah. the process Someone help us. This isn't, no, yeah. Three <laughs> idiots sitting on a couch <laughs> yeah. trying to figure out yeah. Anyway, algebra. Listen to us about life, so, guys. So, pi is 3.19. No, okay, so. It's not, it's not even that. It's like 3.14. <laughs> Six. Oh, oh doesn't matter. Carry on. Carry on. Tell your story. 3.1. Anyway. Tell your story. Uh, anyway, so, you know, first dates, hey? Super interesting. <laughs> And now I'm sitting here like, what is pi? It's 3.14. I don't think 3. it is. 3.14999339. Three, three, but tell your... But basically, your I think that the, if you were to look at like a graph... A gra- there we go. A graph. 
and you were to have on one side investment, yeah. right? Which would be like investment will put that as time, and then yeah. on the other side that would be like your energy. Okay. I hope I'm explaining this right because yeah, in my yeah, mind yeah. it sounds right. No, energy. Yeah, I get it, I get the it. more like you give, the more like the energy you're giving. Yeah, of course. So like the first date, I don't think it correlates. Do you really owe that person anything? Like, yeah, it would be courteous to do so, mm. but I think it gets to a certain point where you owe them a response. You yeah. owe them like that message. Can I add a challenge? For sure. Uh, honest communication and integrity is a practice. Mm. For sure. And I think the more that we do it, the more that we consciously choose to do it, irrespective of the situation, it starts to build a level of um, of self-efficacy, but also just integrity. It's, like it's your I trust, identity as well. Yeah, I trust that I'm honest. And I think, like, how long does it... <laughs> he's, he's come to give that to you. He's, he wants okay. to... He's come to give come that. Come here. Um, you know, like, okay, how long does it take to send a, a ball ache message? Like, what, yeah. 15 seconds? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's You know, true. like, hey, so I had a great time, but I'm not feeling it. It's less about what that does for them and more about what it does for you. It kind of clear, it's like, okay, I've communicated where I'm at with that person, not interested, I'm going to keep moving. As opposed mm. to, like, leaving this kind of, like, energetic door open. I think it's Because the then they keep messaging you and you're like... Maybe I want to keep the door open, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, he yeah, wants to send them out to orbit and then they're just flying that's around. That's a different yeah, story, yeah. That's a different yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like they message you and you're like, oh, that's so annoying. But then your ego's like... They're obsessed. You're like, oh, God, stop messaging. Yeah, yeah, and then they stop, and you're like, it's like you know that meme where it's like that guy that I ignored for six years finally gets a girlfriend, and she's like beside herself. Leave her. Yeah, I mean, I think just any any date that I went on. That's fair. If I wasn't feeling it immediately, I'd just send a message because it's like, even just for me, I want to put a full stop on it. I think that's fair. I think that's as fair. opposed to them being like, "Hey, you you're free this Thursday," and just like, no. Nah. I definitely agree. You should. I'm more just like understanding of why people wouldn't of like the rationale they make. But I think fear of of conflict. I I think definitely it pays into an identity though. It pays into the identity of the kind of person you are. Like each action pays into that person. And I think if you can do that over the one percenters, it means you'll do that over everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's the small choices. It's like, who we are is not just about the the big choice it's about the small continuous choices you know i have enough integrity that i'll just i'll just call it you know for them and and me james have you have you read the book uh, or um atomic habits by james clear no it's about um habits and he basically it's an incredible book and he basically talks about like habit stacking Mm. and it's like every single time you um Every single day you do something, you're paying into an identity that you are going to become and the kind of person you want to be. So Mm. even those incremental things, it's like you are becoming... Yeah, so it's like you don't think I want to be... You're like, every, everyone's like, I want to be ripped. I want to be athletic. Pay into the identity that you are someone that likes to work out by going to the gym consistently. Mm-hmm. If you pay in and become that identity, yeah. you'll get the result. Yeah. It's like people get there by loving the journey, not by loving the yeah. destination. Mm. By loving the journey, you're guaranteed to get there. By loving the destination, that's based off motivation, which yeah. eventually yeah. goes. Go yeah, yeah, we are like the culmination of those small decisions. Mm that we make over and over and over again. I really like that. It's the same with yoga. Like people always want to do these big shapes and it's like, come to your practice mm. every single day. It will happen. It definitely plays with your ego going to yoga for like the first few times. On. Cause the first few times I've, I was there, I'm like, mm. I feel like a piece of shit, but I knew that other people were still suffering. But for me in my head, I'm like, I normally don't suffer this much when I would do workouts, but for some reason with yoga, it was so painful and it does play in your ego because when you yeah. watch other oh, people yeah, who've you, done you it you were doing for, yoga recently weren't you yeah. Oh, yeah so yeah. when you watch other people doing it especially a teacher who's very good and they look very graceful and they're not like breaking a sweat and then you're there like 
you're shaking, shaking and down dog kind of thing. It's like it, it plays in your ego. It's like I'm actually not as strong as I thought I was, mm. or I'm not as like mm. stable or centered, or yeah. I'm not actually able to to be completely empty in thought because mm. you're just concentrating on okay, are my arms right. In my legs, right? Oh my god, this guy b- beside me is way more flexible than me. That girl's so much better than me. So the, all these weird thoughts. Watch, mm. it's such an it it's such an ego thing when you go into a yoga room because you you get like you level down so quickly. That's but you know what? That's the point. Mm. I remember one of my teachers said to me, "Is you'll meet yourself on the mat." What comes up for you when you're in your practice are I things do. about yourself that you need to know. What stories do I tell about myself when I'm bad at things? Mm. How quickly do I slip into comparison and judgment? How does it feel to be bad at things? You right? Do I judge myself? Do I call myself names? Or am I curious and I give myself permission to be bad at them? Um, you'll learn a lot about yourself yeah. in doing the practice. That's the whole point. Yeah, I definitely did. I you know, there's a saying, sure. you know, um, yoga is the journey of the self through the self to the self. Right, mm. you use what's happening on the mat. You use what's happening in your body and in your mm. mind to better understand yourself. I definitely did a lot of unpacking while I was I was on the mat for sure. I was like, this feels like how I felt when I was thirteen. Mm. And the body holds yeah, emotions, yourself, mm. and, yeah. and we know that. We, you know, this is what I love about yoga. The practice is four thousand years old, mm. but it it offers us things that um, correlate with our kind of current scientific understanding mm. we know that we hold emotions in our body mm. in our chest and in our hips um i actually had a session last night i was teaching and i do this um little massage on people at the end they're lying down and i'll come and i'll press on their chest and as i was pressing on this girl's chest the tears just started to pour and didn't know what it was about she came up and she's like oh god i needed that there was something in her chest that she Mad. was holding that this that this released um where was i going with that <laughs> that happens again. Mate, anyway. I was intrigued. <laughs> I was, I was, I was so intrigued. Was like, COVID going? wrecked my brain. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Um, is, that what the, uh, kick, is, is that what kids are calling it now? COVID? Hundred. Okay. Been going a while. Yeah, we've been going a yeah. while. I was going to say okay. either yoga to like develop or being in the kitchen at 3 a.m. after a house party. I've, we've I done a lot of work there as well. I think I've got one last question. Yeah, yeah. go on. Um, just to finish off. Yeah. And I think this would be, what's one thing mm. about dating that you know now that you wish you'd known earlier? Ooh. That could be a, a nice one to finish off on. I like oh, that. okay. This is... This is um, very nuanced. <laughs> <laughs> this is my story. Um Wow, that was such a that was such a strong start. That's, yeah. that's not what I, I meant. Like, no, I was like, this, this, this is this is where I've learned in my last relationship. Okay. Don't fall in love. Fine. Consciously walk into love. Mm. I struggled with my relationship in the beginning because I had had a, a, a history of dating a certain kind of person. Right? They were. I was attracted to big personalities mm. and. Um, a lot of distance, you know, just think like things from my past, right? It was just this really unconscious. I was trying to, um, I was trying to recreate a familiar scene and, and play it out differently, blah, blah, blah. And so it got to a point where I was like, something's not working and I have to do something differently. And so when I saw my partner, I knew he was a good person. I knew that he was the kind of person that I should want to be with. But then there was still that part of me that was just drawn to like chaos and 
um, and dysfunction. And so I had to consciously choose to to stay with him. And I just, I was so open and honest the whole time. There was nothing that I couldn't tell him. Mm. I mean, I thought he was like super sexy and, and gorgeous when I saw him, but the love part, that took time. And I think you know, we, we kind of equate love with a physical feeling and it can be that, but I think love also is just a conscious choice. And it's something that will come as a result of leaning into the discomfort of vulnerability. It just arises slowly if you plant the seed. That would be, yeah, that would be my takeaway. Stop looking for a spark. Um, stop looking for chemistry or connection and just take your time get to know the person give them the space and the chance to um, to show you who they are and to show you that they're a safe space I think that's a really good answer looking at what you're saying in regards to chemistry there are so many people that only look at chemistry for mm. compatibility is like where you start to develop. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, chemistry is that initial firework. Mm. And then when they don't feel that, they think the relationship isn't working. Mm. Mm. But I think the longevity is where you develop that into other areas, more healthy areas, yeah. which, you know, yeah. which look more like compatibility. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. That, that was a really good answer. Thank you. Thank it's, you very it's much. It's very Rachel. nuanced. <laughs> There's so one much. word to define this 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 podcast. It would be nuanced. Nuanced. All right. Thank you very much. Thank for you sitting so down much. With us. Yeah, absolute pleasure. That was me. bloody fantastic. I've learned so much. Yeah. How long did we? How long did that? How long have we gone for? Oh, this is going for like an hour and thirty. Yeah. Wow. But there's bits that we'll need to yeah, cut yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll doing okay. bathroom and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. Just for let for people know on. where awesome. to reach you again. Yeah. So it's at the yogi therapist underscore on ig underscore. and then the website is www.theyogitherapist.com.au no one puts www anymore don't need uh, to. that's a bit redundant <laughs> I, I, I just put like the http <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, beautiful Colon, all right, forward all right. Forward thanks touch. guys well, thank you very much yeah. that was great yeah and as always you know if at any point in this podcast you thought it was about you it yeah, probably, probably is probably was mm. lovely yeah yeah peace and love stay safe Bye. <laughs>